Welcome back to the Daily Snap. Uh, today we're going to be talking control. You know, what is control? Um, how does it play in the game? Um, from my early experiences uh, in closed beta, I uh, I didn't feel like control was really in existence in pools one and two. Um, I didn't get to pool three. Uh, I didn't even really get to pool two, honestly, in closed beta. I basically only played pool one. And that was kind of my stint in closed beta. Mostly, somewhat for this reason, because I am a player that, in many games that I play, I'm a very much a control player or, like, a mid-range player. You know, I like to uh, be able to play to my strengths. And I, in early closed beta pool one, I didn't feel that I was able to do that. Um, it was a lot of the same things going around. There was a lot of Nova decks going around. There's a lot of Dino decks going around, and now I believe Dino is more set up to be a you know like a control finisher. Before, like I said, it was a three cost, uh, three energy, zero power that did the same exact ability. Uh, Moon Girl was a three three that had the exact same ability she has now. So like there was just more of a deck where it was just like, all right, I'm just gonna play this on. I'm going to play Moon Girl on three, double my cards in my hand. I think even at, at some point, you could have ten cards in your hand also. I might be wrong on that, but I I just remember you have, being able to have more cards. I don't know if they limited the seven also. I'd have to go and look at the, the patch notes. What's up, Rich? How you doing? Uh, but the point was that in early pool one beta, for closed beta, I just didn't, I didn't like the metagame at all, uh, which was one of the reasons that, that I did uh, kind of stop playing in closed beta. Um, another was I just started a new work schedule at the time and was just ridiculously busy, so I couldn't really commit. It also wasn't available on iOS. Uh, if it was available on iOS in closed beta, I would have probably never stopped playing, um, but it wasn't. So <laughs> because it wasn't, that's the cool reason I stopped playing in closed beta. But nonetheless, um, there was a lot of things that you know really did you know kind of turn me off. Um, I'm going to fix this a little bit real quick while we're talking here. Um, and it was just because I felt like control was very hard to play. It was very hard to win with. It was just – it's not even that it was very hard. It was just much easier to win with more aggressive style decks. Uh, I don't feel I, – I still feel the game is slanted slightly towards aggro in early pool one and, and mostly through pool two. But I, what I do enjoy now is that there is 100% ways to play control and still feel, for the most part, on curve. I mean, there's just certain things that you're never going to beat. Um, you know, just, you know, it's variant. We talked about variance in the last one. Like, variance is very much a key thing here where there are certain games that you just have to understand that you can't win them. Uh, and that's okay. Like, that's why the game is only played over four, five, six minutes. Um, you know... You just gotta understand that. Like, it's fine. It's it's not a bad thing if you can't win to retreat. Like, it's important that you do retreat, actually, because that's how you continue to climb the ladder and things like that. Um, which I know, for me, very early on in closed beta was one of my biggest issues. Was like, all right, I think I can win this. Uh, and 
it's one thing to think, it's another thing to know. So any game that you're like, I think I can win this, you know, you are, you have to just understand that you're risking those cubes, uh, especially in high stakes games if there's been multiple snaps and things like that. You know, are you certain? Are you certain to a certain point that risking eight cubes is worth it on variance? Um, as an example, like, is my white tiger going to spawn in the correct location for me to win a game? Did I set up the board state to know that, like, oh, my final white tiger is going to land in that location that I needed to so I can win that location? Um, you know, when it doesn't, right, you're playing like, oh, I'm going to play my Odin here. I'm going to spam my white tiger again. But if it goes to the right lane, I'm going to lose, right? Like, those are games that if you snap back, if you risk, if you play out turn six, you're risking those things. Um, so that's why control, I think, has gotten a little bit better. I think there's a ways, there's way more characters, uh, especially as you go through the game that really tick up, that create these inches, you know, these hedges, uh, in control that I really do enjoy. So I wanted to go through them. Uh, I wanted to talk that. I wanted to talk some of the locations that I think are very good for control, um, and just cover a whole bunch of different stuff. So, obviously, uh, you know, if you think control in other games, you think, how, how, does, how do I destroy things? How do I uh, prison my opponent? How do I, you know, make my opponent's resources worse and things like that? This game does a lot of interesting variants on all of those things, uh, which is what I really enjoy. There's actually a deck, like, in Pool 3 that I will, I'll talk about a little bit that... It, it hits you on every single facet of the game of resources, which is probably one of the most difficult things to play against for certain types of decks. Um, just got five ads. Oh my oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to have to work on that. I've heard things of ads being like really, really a problem. Um, but yeah, so the... These cards early on, right? So, like, Electra. Okay, so Electra... Uh, I don't even have the right thing up. I almost clicked the stream. Uh, so, Electra. Obviously, this is a, a, you know, a pretty straightforward control card. You know, destroy a random enemy, one cost card at this location. Uh, there are a bunch of people that play this card on turn one, and I'd say 33% of the time it works, and then 66% of the time it doesn't. However, this works 100% of the time later on in a game when you know your opponent already has a one-cost character uh, at a certain at a certain location. So this card's the you know the definition of control. Ironically, I don't I don't play her as much as I probably should. I don't know I don't know if I if I should say that, but it's a card that it's a very it's a very anti card. Uh, for example, there was a couple games ago that I legitimately retreated on turn one. I played Amity Mall in center in mid lane. My opponent played Electra in mid lane. I reveal first, of course. He reveals Electra, and I just instantly retweeted. I'm like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to play this game anymore. He got me. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> so Electra is a great, you know, a great example of that. Iceman is also another great example of this. Uh, give a random card in your opponent's hand plus one cost to maximum of six. This is what uh this is a you know grind this is hedging resources in cost you know if you hit their two drop and turn their two drop into a three if you, I mean any of those things if you mess up their curve enough to you know influence the game of which they have to play cards uh, to where you can grow your board and you know prevent them from doing so 
it's a very you know it has a very strong uh, strong background in doing that. So this is like another prime example of a different way to attack. Electra is attacking cards in play. This is attacking cards in hand. Um, there's also Korg. So Korg is another perfect example of control where it's shuffling rocks in your opponent's deck. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, a rock is a one cost zero power card. Now, yeah, Kazar decks might not be too upset about this. Uh, at the end of the day, they can buff it and power it. And, you know, Kazar and you know Marvel and Onslaught and all those things can utilize rocks. Angela decks probably aren't as upset about it either if they need to just, you know, uh, rapid fire into a location later in the game. Like, hey, playing a rock gives my Angela plus two. If I have a Kazar, it's a one one. If I have a Mr. Marvel, it's a two, right? So, like, there are certain decks that don't hate rocks, uh, but a lot of decks are going to be really frustrated with drawing multiple rocks in a game. Um... One drops really do have a fair amount of them, but I think you know you can make an argument. Uh, oh, sorry, Yondo is the other one. Yondo is remove the top card of your opponent's deck uh, on reveal. So it's this is another one of those where you're just influencing the cards in which your opponent is drawing in the game, uh, which is a big deal. So you know Yondu, Korg, both really good at influencing card draw. Electra is just straight up destroy card. Iceman is increasing things. Um, Sunspot, in some ways, could be debated as a control card if you're the type of deck that ends up with a lot of extra energy through a game, or uh, certain decks, like, will not even play a card in a turn, which means this guy just ends up being, like, a one cost for, like, four, five, six power. I think the most I've gotten to him in a game was an eight, maybe. Uh, and this is not, like, we're not talking about, like, a Kazar deck or anything like that. Like, this is just, like, I'm going to play this on one... And through the game, I'll develop this many extra resources uh, the way I like I might play out a given game. Um, but generally speaking, this guy ends up being one power for five or six, I would say, uh, which is pretty good for a control deck that you know needs to utilize its resources later on in the game uh, better to not have to win certain locations. You know that that's a really interesting mark there. Um, Agent 13 is, it's a facilitator, it comes back to yourself and things like that, but this could be another way of like, okay, you know, I need to find certain hits that I want in a game, and yes, it's completely random, uh, but in some ways this card ends up really filling a void for control decks uh, that would need it. Another big thing about noting of this is that this card adds cards to your hand, and one of the biggest finishers in the game requires cards in hand, so... That's something to note, too, that you might just be playing her in your mid-range control-ish deck uh, because you need to have cards in your hand. Uh, so if we go to twos, um, this is a big one. Scorpion, uh, on reveal, afflict cards in your opponent's hand of minus one power. Afflict card, sorry. <laughs> uh, this is the same thing. Like This is just attacking your opponent's hand again in a different manner of like minusing their power. So if their power is less it's easier for you to win certain locations, uh, especially if they're, you know, a, a heavy aggro deck, you know, minusing one to all their cards, is, it's it's going to make a big difference, especially with when you have follow-up plays later on in the game that might also interact with their power levels and things like that. Scarlet Witch, uh, I think this is like more of an everything card, but it's noted that in Control, uh, there are 100% certain locations that you're really, really bad into. So having a Scarlet Witch on hand might be enough to swing a game back into your favor. 
we just had um, a feature location day for Kamatar, which is double the real mm-hmm. effects when it happens. Um, ben Affleck. Uh, so, you know, on a day like that where you're like, man, I'm really tired of losing to this double reveal of crap. Like, well, playing Scarlet Witch was a good way to get rid of that answer. Um, you know, but it's also, there's so many different things. Uh, if I go into look at the locations real quick. Wait, wait, I have this. Um, there's the location that... I'm trying to remember the exact name of this guy. So... Um, where are you? I'm sure it's one of the last ones. So, like, Weird World might be a good one. You know, like, obviously, if you're control deck, you don't want to be drawing your... Uh, your opponent's cards is not really a way to win, so that's a, a good example of one. Um, you know, there is cards where it's like, if a murder world gets flipped up and you have committed to that, and you're like, well, I don't answer that, at least Scarlet Witch will bail you out in those type of things. The negative zone could also be a, a good reason. You know, like if you end up flipping over negative zone, you're kind of screwed. Um, ongoing Citadel is a big one. So, like, you know... I don't really want my opponent's ongoing effects to have double the power and things like that, so Scarlet Witch can really help getting rid of some of those things. Um, da, 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 da. Sinister London is another example. Like, you know, not every deck can utilize Sinister London to its full effect, so because of that, Scarlet Witch comes in and kind of gets rid of Sinister London. And then, ironically, we'll also warp something else. But the point is, is that there are certain certain locations that are just, like, so powerful that, you know, as a control, you'll never be able to overcome them. The one that I keep thinking of is the one that if you're winning here, or whatever your power is here, it's every, it's the same as everywhere else. That's a really big one. Um, or even, like, Washington... Oh, no, not Washington, D.C. Uh, man, where is it? I can't remember that. But the the TVA, also, if you're a control deck and your TVA flips over, you're probably in trouble because uh, you don't have a way to play your five or six in most cases. So that can be very problematic. <laughs> um, but there, there's just a ton of these that, you know, control really can end up having an issue with. The biggest one I for me playing the control deck I've been playing is the my opponent's power here is the same at all at all locations if that flips over on turn three and my opponent's already stacked there that's a really really bad location for me uh where you just in most cases you're not gonna be able to come back from it especially if they like just straight overcommit. not even overcommit. if they just straight commit to that and they get up to like 25 26 power it's very hard for certain control decks to just kind of like overrun that um I really wish I could find the name of it right now. I'm pretty upset that I can't. But yeah, so this is just the one of the few examples of what Scarlet Witch can do. Um, and then, all right. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Sentinel's kind of the same thing too. Is like a, as what Agent Carter is. He offers you know three power for two costs and gets you a card back. So. Later on, you know, your cards that matter um, are important to note of those things. Um, let's see, let's see. Storm. Uh, Storm's a real big one. I think this is, like, 
a one of the huge facilitators for control decks as they are attempting to basically they're trying to take claim of a location that your opponent didn't commit to in the first two turns and in most cases hope they guess correctly or hope that because your opponent didn't commit that they're just going to leave the location for you to have um which is a big deal you know you you almost always need some type of follow-up uh at your four cost and there are several different options for that whether it's jubilee uh jessica jones emma frost you know there there's a bunch of different fours that you can play uh that help you and accelerate you a card like sunstorm also is is a nice little addition here um but you know this this is a, a very high risk high reward play for control uh it's it in most cases it probably makes it makes or breaks your entire game so you might know by turn three or four if you're gonna win or if you should retreat it for that matter uh if you win the storm location generally speaking if you win the storm location and your opponent doesn't have a foreseeable answer to it um unfortunately you know flooding is not perfect because you can still move cards to it you can, cards can still be put here um, so there are ways around this, you know, for sure, if you don't commit to the location. But, um, you know, I find it, I found it difficult in the past that, you know, if your opponent goes 1-1 one, one, and then 2 in the location that you decide to flood, uh, it's not going to be necessarily easy for you to win. You may have just lost on that particular play. Um, so it can be very difficult. Uh, the good note here, though, is also is... With flooding, it does you know it does the same thing that uh, Scarlet Witch does. So you do get to swap out flooding or swap out whatever bad location is for you to go with flooding. But in that same that same note, you also have to understand that uh, your opponent, if that's a location that's good for them, they're probably already there, and that also provide that proves to be difficult because that means if they're already committing there and you're trying to win it with Storm, well, if they're already committed, you might not have a chance to win it with Storm. So Yes, it does help you get rid of those things, but it could be too little too late as well. Um, sometimes it's okay, you know, if if you get extra energy or things like that to storm early before a location's even revealed, um, which is also a very interesting play. I have had, uh, I've had like the opening plus five energy location um, hit, and my opening play was just like storm and something else to just try and lock down a location on turn two uh which is great but uh you know you can't always super rely on it cosmos uh this is another really good one this is obviously an anti-reveal uh, i've said before like in pool one i think if you really just wanted an anti-odin anti-white tiger uh this card's awesome for that it's on brand you know three power for three energy is fine you know it's not a bad thing uh, it offers a lot, you know, Bishop requires you to play two cards after Bishop to get this, you know, like, uh, Captain America is a 3-3 that buffs everything else, this guy is just 3-3 and kind of removes all those reveal bills. So, he's very, very great, um, he's also Cosmos, Cosmos is awesome, let's be honest. So, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a sweet card for sure. Um, you could argue, uh, that the Guardians are all somewhat control cards, I didn't talk about the first two, but Groot is the first one that I, when I'm building most of my control decks, I find the three spot to be like super on point of what exactly what I need or semi open. 
And Groot is a card that I could see fitting into my decks um, if I really want it to. Uh, like, and I'll talk about some of this later, but the Guardians basically on reveal, you know, you're playing into, all right, I'm going to win this location by out-resourcing my, my opponent. And that the best way to do that, I go, is if on three they play their three and I play my three, and their three is a bishop with one power and my, my three is a Groot with six power, well, now they have to play five cards to match me. Um, so I think that's a pretty, it's, it's, it's good. And if you're valuing it that way, if you're trying to kind of like a more of a mid rangey control where you're just trying to match your opponent card for card and outvalue them with your cards, um, the peak, it might be, I'll, I'll, I'll try and I think the list I have is in alphabetical order. I'll double check. Um, so yeah, so I think the guardians can all be argued for that. Rhino is another one. This is just, it's similar to storm but it's not as much of a commitment uh it's definitely a card that i have considered playing a bunch right now i probably have like an 11 card control deck and the one card that is just there because i of like i don't know playing for Candyland is it, it's my honest truth it's a card that i shouldn't be playing because everything that in my body for other games that i play would tell me never to play this card but I keep playing it, and then I keep getting angry when I miss. So, yeah, there's things like that. But Rhino is another good, uh, another solid three card. It just gets rid of a, a crappy location that you don't want to deal with. Um, and he's a 3-3. Three, three. still fits that nice little bar as you're leveling, as you're growing into the game. Okay. Um, all right. So, let's move into our fours. So, yeah, we don't have any more threes here. Hulkbuster really isn't. Um, in certain decks, I could see a world where, like, if you Hulkbuster your Sunspot, awesome, uh, I guess, but it, it's not vitally important. Uh, in a world where you're playing a deck that's hedging for space, uh, this could be a, a good inclusion in those control type of decks where you're like, hey, I'm going to flood the board with a bunch of stuff, but I want to play Hulkbuster so I can move out crappier things and, uh, and things like that. Like if you get flooded with rocks and things like that or squirrels, whatever the hell you want to get flooded with, this is a card that just moves stuff out of the way and lets you continue to build on that. So, yeah. Um, Sandman. So, this is probably... Uh, this is like Control 101 here. Uh, any game that in the correct deck where if you get accelerated energy, uh, this card is pretty bonkers. <laughs> like, uh, yes, it's four energy. It's one power. The ideal way to play this is um, is obviously winning locations early, dropping this and going, okay, now you can't beat me the rest of the game because you can't catch up. Uh, but this also has an effect in control that has the ability of playing cards like White Tiger, um, playing cards like Jubilee, um, anything that would allow you, even Sinister, um, things like that. Anything that would allow you to play, to get multiple cards off of one play uh, is where this card comes in, in in big. So if you're able to kind of skate into a location and win power early and then force your opponent to just try and figure out how they're going to establish the rest of the game while you're playing cards like the, even the Claw as an example... Um, there's a ton of ways to outvalue your opponents on turn five and six if their decks aren't equipped to to deal with this. Basically, uh, this card's really interesting too. I feel like he also fits the aggro control deck really well, where it's like, okay, in the first three turns, I'm just gonna like bury into a location and stake claim, and then on turn four, I'm gonna play this and make sure my opponents can't can't keep up with me. Um, 
he does a lot of interesting things. I will say that from my personal experience, I am not super comfortable with playing Sandman yet. Uh, the games I played with him uh, haven't... They're probably some of my worst win rate games, if I'm being honest. I tried to put him into a Kazar deck, and, and, and I just... I don't know. I was having... There was multiple reasons why it, it wasn't working out, but in the end, it, it probably came down to a poor understanding of exactly how to play this card correctly. Uh, Shang-Chi. So this guy is pretty obvious. Uh, he destroys a 9-power card, right? I mean, if it works out, awesome. What I will say is that this guy on 4 is super unlikely. Um, it's just very unlikely. There... There, there are certain things that on four will absolutely be at nine power. But uh, there's way more likely that this card comes into play on turn five or on turn six uh, and does way more things than at that point in the game. You know, like this is a great anti-apocalypse card. This is a great anti-infinite um, card, a great anti-dino uh, card, like... This guy is really good at those things later on if you're designing your deck to play different things on 4 and 5 and then just knowing on 6 that you're going to Shang-Chi and like a 2 or something like that. Uh, there's plenty of decks now that don't need a 6 drop, you know, so in those decks this guy is great for just kind of like securing you a location when your opponent probably doesn't expect it. Um, he does a, really, a lot of really cool things. He's something I actually... I don't even know that I've played with this guy at all yet. Uh, I got the green border probably just from random boosters or something like that. But he's definitely a card that I think uh, really has some serious impact. In pool 3, I think he's even better because there's so many cards that just get powered up through the game because of all the different synergies from pool 3. So I think in pool 1 and 2, he's like mostly just an anti-apocalypse, anti-dino card for the most part. Uh, in pools one and two, but in pool three, I think he has way, way more shine um, and way more targets. So, I think this card definitely probably gets better over time. Um, Enchantress, uh, remove the abilities of all ongoing cards at this location. Obviously, it's on reveal, so it's not constant. Uh, it's not the same as um, as Cosmos. It's the opposite. So, it's like on reveal, you get to remove the things that are currently there. It's still very good, uh, you know, getting rid of an Ant-Man, um, getting rid of a, like, a, a Mr. Fantastic, like, you know, getting rid of a Claw, like, it does a lot of really good things, getting rid of a Kazar, um, you know, for 4-4 four, four also, you know, you're on curve, so you're doing, you're doing okay, and if you're, if you're playing against an ongoing opponent, this card obviously is gonna hurt them, it's gonna crush them, it's gonna probably be game-changing, um, I do... I'm not sure. I'd have to probably look at it. I don't know if remove the abilities from all ongoing cards at this location. It might remove it to even where Spectrum doesn't target them. Uh, I'm actually curious about that. I'll have to see if I can get that answer. Uh, but yeah, so it, it might even do go to that far to where not only does it affect the cards that's in play, it might affect their Spectrum play, that, that Spectrum play later on also. So, does a lot of good coverage. Um, let's see... So, JJ, Jessica Jones, Namor, and Warpath, and White Queen all do kind of similar things in a way. Um, you know, I would say JJ and Namor are a little bit closer. Um, you know, this is, it just depends on what you're going for. Warpath is also kind of similar. 
you know in certain control decks i will say that i am mostly always just trying to win two lanes it's generally my storm lane and then my infinite lane or my dino lane it's one of those two lanes so there's any one of these four cards i think is a, an acceptable way to try and win that game i also i mean i do think that they all attempt to play on different keys uh you know where i think that's also just important to note but you know i think that these cards all for the most part in control decks fill the same role um just slightly differently uh so i think that's kind of important so i think depending on what your your way of winning the game is or how you even build your game early is depending on which of these cards you end up playing but i truly do think all of them kind of fit that that aspect um oh i missed one earlier oh no i don't have a green goblin yet so hobgoblin uh hobgoblin and green goblin both are very similar cards uh, so this is a five power minus eight on reveal your opponent gains control of this. So this is a part of control that we haven't discussed yet. Uh, it does really, really, really cool things. So in this game, all your, the entire game is based on location representation, uh, and power level at such locations. So if you're able to slide a hobgoblin over, not only are you giving your opponent minus eight, which is a large number for five, uh, I, I mean, it's a very, very large number to take a hit on. But you're also taking up that resource point. You know, you're taking up that that location point. You know, on turn five, they might that might be. You know, I keep going back to this because it's like the easy one. But they might play their white tiger here. So they play their white tiger here. Um, I actually won a game as ego as the control player the other day. It was pretty awesome. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, the hobgoblin is pretty sweet because what it does is. It just takes up they're like oh here's my white tiger great i'm gonna odin there next turn you're like nope no you're not you just played a fight you just spent five resources on a one power card and now i'm sliding a, a hobgoblin over to you and now you have minus eight so now even if you do play your odin here later there's a good chance that i'm gonna freely win this location uh which is a big deal so he, he the the location restriction that he implements and also uh later on uh, i believe it's a green goblin is a three cost that's i believe it's a minus three it might be a minus two i can't remember um i probably have seen it let's see let's filter unowned three let's see i thought it was three am i crazy oh here it is yeah so three three three, three minus three um so yeah, so this is another one that that fits that role of taking cards away. This is a I, this is a pull three card, obviously. Um, I, at this point, I have all of pull one and pull two, so I'm any of the cards that are left that I've seen are all pull three cards. Uh, but yeah, so this is a, a pretty sweet one for sure. Um, I'm actually probably gonna have to end up leaving this on. Actually, that's not a bad idea. So let's get rid of this. We were in the fives, right? Um. Da, 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 Doctor Doom, Red Pool, cards a minimum one less. Ronin, this oh man, dude. This uh, yesterday I played like like I had just gotten to pool three. I'm like you know I'm like just over 500 collection level or something like that, and I played three games in a row in which I got absolutely smushed on in the last turn of the game by cards that I just like never played against before. And I think the worst of it was Ronin. Oh my god! Like I went, I went the double the Dino Devil Sword route where I was like, oh, I'm gonna have uh, 15 power cards. It's gonna be great. 
We're going to be good. Uh, I'm going to win this location over here with no problem. And then he goes, Ronin you. And I'm like, oh, that really sucks. <laughs> he just totally matched me. I was like, I was not prepared for that. Um, so, yeah. I didn't even know this card existed until yesterday. Fun story. Um, what does Doc out again do? This is... This is super fringe variance interesting. Uh, it is a 10 power. It does to their... So, like, this card is, like, if you can just, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't even know. I have no idea about this card. I, this is the first time I'm actually reading what this card does. Uh, super duper interesting. I guess it's good if they don't have four cards in their hand, uh, which... By the way, I wish there was a better way to track in this game. It, it sometimes annoys me that I don't know if my opponent has cards in his hand or how many, I should say. If they don't have like an imp, like an, a direct implementer on the table, like a dino or something like that. Um, I, this card's probably okay if you you know what your, is in your opponent's hand. But nonetheless, uh, another big one for us is Spider Woman. Uh, I've been saying this over the last couple days. I think this card might be my favorite card in the game. I love this card. I've won endless amounts of game. Uh, if you click their face, interesting. I'll have. To, uh, I didn't. I didn't honestly know that. Um, so yeah, if you click their face in a game, you can tell me cards. I literally did not know that. Very interesting. Uh, so yeah, Spider Woman. This card 100% has probably won me more games than any other card in the game to date. Uh, coming in for seven power at five cost, minusing one to their board. You know, this is a potential 10 point swing. It's unbelievable. It's crazier follow up if you also Odin. You know, you're guaranteed, you know, like if they decide to try and fight back past your Spider Woman and you're like, you're like, right, I'll just double down and just play Odin. Unbelievable. Uh, this card is super duper powerful, super duper strong. And it, for it, just for five power with seven, you, you, can, you can win a lot of a lot of lanes with just this card it's it's actually insanity uh this is what i'm talking about early on like if you don't have like your one and your two drop it's not a big deal if you have spider woman they're gonna fill the board with a couple guys they're gonna feel like they're secure in a lane and then you're like okay here's spider woman minus three to your side plus seven to my side and you're gonna put them in a position where they have to really decide how they're gonna win the game in turn on turn six um i i absolutely love this card uh vision is one i just want to note um the idea that you can move this each turn, so yeah, you play it on turn five, but on turn six or you know turn seven, or if you get it out early, this guy is a uh, much like Nightcrawler, which I didn't mention earlier. You know the ability. This is a double downing because you can move each turn. This ability is really powerful. So if you guess wrong on turn five, that's really annoying uh, with the ads. Uh, if you guess wrong on turn on turn five. This is going to give you the chance to be correct on turn six. Uh, so it's just something that I've seen people playing, and I'm, and it's definitely it's what it's done for me is it's created way tougher decisions on how I'm supposed to end the game playing against it. So as a control player, that's like the best place you want to be. You know, you want your opponent to be going like, how am I going to win location X or Y uh, if my opponent can just move like just move vision there and compete with me. So the more times you create that decision point for them, the better off you are in the game. All right. So let's filter to six. Oh, let's get rid of five. Uh, so a lot of these cards I don't have. 
right? 100%. <laughs> um, the ones that I specifically want to talk about are this guy. Uh, we talked about him the other day. But this card is, if your deck plays a certain correctly, you know, the infinite will just straight up win you games. Uh, you know, I've had so many games where I had my two, I had my Storm, I had my Jessica Jones, I win a location, I normally will snap when I play Storm uh, just to like, you know, commit my opponent to a couple more cubes at that point in the game. And then what I what happens, and granted, this is probably more towards pool one and pool two players. It's happened a lot less now that I've been in pool three, but I won't play anything on turn five. And then my opponent will snap. And I don't think they understand what's coming. There's been so many times where I just, like, they'll snap, and I 100% am confident that I'm still just going to win the game when I pass 20 power on a, on a location. Uh, so this card, in if you're still grinding in pool one and two, and you can compile a deck around this card. You know, uh, I had one in the deck building video from before. This guy will get you a ton of free wins. You know, wh when I, s I will say it's a rough to start playing it. It's hard to make certain decisions of when to commit and when not to commit to having to play this card. But once you get like 10, 15 games with a the deck, there was a point in time where I basically took the deck from rank 50 to rank 65. It's honestly, it was all that I played for that amount of cubes and was pretty consistent and pretty easily done uh i will say that the late as i've gotten into pool three there are cards that very much blow you out um there are better players once you get into pool three because you've been playing a lot more so the opponents understand what you're doing easier um so yeah once you get into pool three there's definitely a different player base because at that point like i said you're not really if you're already in pool three at this point you know i wouldn't call you casual at any point like you're you know you're you're try harding not try harding but you are you're you're grinding you probably put a little bit of money in the game if you just started last tuesday because the way the math works out you probably had to accelerate your account some um otherwise you're in you know you were in closed beta for some point like me where i am just tippy toes into it where i think i have maybe two or three cards from pool three it's not many uh but i'm getting absolutely blown out by banger of cards like ronin uh and like the next card i'm going to talk about which is magneto um this guy this guy absolutely ruined my day um <laughs> it was i was like yep got my storm got my jessica jones won my location i'm gonna be great it's gonna be awesome uh, I play my Infina on the left lane, and my opponent goes Magneto mid, move my my Jessica jo Jones and my Storm to the mid. I lose mid. I lose the flooded lane that I stormed, and then my Infina is just sitting in left lane going, well, that's cool. Um, I lost. I just I literally straight lost eight cubes on the dot. I was like, that sucked. <laughs> like I was. I was super sure confident that I had the game, and Magneto said otherwise. So that's what that was my other real bad loss from a pull three card that I didn't like. I had seen the card before, but never like, oh, I'm playing against this every like. This isn't Apocalypse where I feel like all I'm ever playing against now is Apocalypse decks. Like I, it's unbelievable how many times I've seen Apocalypse in the last 24 hours. It it's mind boggling to me. Um. So yeah, this guy, uh, this guy truly just suck. 
Um, so, some of these other cards are all fringe, I would say. Uh, Doom, you know, adding Doom bots for fives, like, this guy does do that, but yeah, so like six for 15 power sounds extraordinary, uh, but it is 15 power spread, so I honestly feel like this card is mostly better in aggro decks than it would be control decks, truthfully. You know, just if you set yourself up to, uh, to like, this is your fourth card in a, in a lane, and then you're getting two Doombots on your other lanes, like maybe that's enough to secure up wins and things like that. Uh, I don't know. I think this card probably needs a little love personally. I just don't think I don't I don't really think this is what I would call a control card whatsoever Leaders kind of the same thing like you can't be a hundred percent certain that whatever they play is gonna cost is gonna be able to Allow you to win the game, which is why like that's not a control card You just can't, you can't gamble with this enough, right? Like it's it's not a great idea um, Pretty much all these are really the same so a couple ones that I did miss uh, so I missed, this was a card I talked about uh, in passing, which was Jubilee. This card is a card uh, that I have grown to truly hate. So I think it's super memorable to remember like, oh, I hit the dinosaur or, oh, I hit the infinite or the, like, oh, I did that real cool thing. That's great. Uh, you know how many often, how often uh, I go... Sentinel into Storm into Jubilee and then hit Cable and pretty much lose the game on the spot because I hit Cable off my Jubilee. Enough times for me to never want to play this card again. Uh, anytime that you play, you, you hit the card that you don't want to hit, screwed. There was a game where I had only two cards left in my deck. One of them was Infinite and one of them was Cable. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll play Jubilee here. I'll put 21 power on the board and I'm going to win that lane. No problem. I hit Cable and lost. Yeah, uh, that's my problem with this card. At the end of the day, you cannot control what you're going to hit uh, unless you design a deck that basically has no twos in it or no ones in it, uh, which I wouldn't do either. So this card is a card that looks cool, has a lot of flash, has the ability to straight up blow your opponent out, also has the ability to straight up lose you the game. Um, and I think because of that, it's just a card that I just, in control, I don't want to be gambling uh, it, you can steal some games with this. I, I'm not going to say that you can't. I have, but I've also lost a ton of games because of relying or hoping that this card hits me on something, uh, that I just didn't have. And then the other one of note that I missed is, uh, Rich was just pointing out, which is Professor X. This is another card that, um, for me, it's absolutely a control card. There's no debate. But it also can be an aggro card, for what it's worth. Uh, and much like Jubilee, this card can flat lose you the game. Uh, I, I had it a ton early. I played this in closed beta for a little while when I was trying to experiment with control. And I felt that this card ended up losing me more games than it won me. Which is why I'm not a huge fan of it from my control point. It, it's just so easy that on five, if you just guess wrong, like if you're like, oh, I'm going to Professor X this, and they play their dinosaur there, you lost. You literally can't win. So it's just like, yep, that sucks. Or if you play your Professor X and they play their Spider-Woman there, you lost. You literally can't win. So like you paying five for three power and potentially giving your opponent a location that you can't compete for now 
can do it. I just, especially in a deck where, you know, you you have so many other powerful five drop options to try and swing the game in your favor, like Dinosaur, like Spider Woman, uh, like just not playing a card at all, getting five resources on Sunspot, and then playing Infinite on the next thing. Like, this guy is 100%, to me, very similar to Jubilee, where like, you have to go and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this location, and the moment you don't, you just you basically just concede the game. Like if you play, if you pay five resources on turn five for a three power card, and you do not win that location, you sh you should just retreat. There's no chance you're winning. <laughs> you gave you just the, the amount of resources you just wasted are unbelievable. Uh, that you're just you're not going to be able to come back from. So that's my biggest problem with him, which is why I didn't include him in the original five drops. It's more of an honorable mention type thing. Uh, as I said, you know the the guardians are one. Um, Claw is another side addition. I think you can play him in aggro and control and all around. Um, this co like this comboing with cards like Storm and like X and things like that that lock uh, any of the locations that only allow you for one character on it. You know, having this next to it is very powerful. Um, the only other things that I will say uh, as more honorable mentions as I finish up this video is uh, a card that I, I, I've been really growing fond of recently is Iron Fist. Um, there are a ton of locations that says you can't play things here. If you play something, it gets destroyed. Uh, at the end of this, destroy X. Like This card really gets around all of those things. Um, I'm not saying it's like an auto-include in most decks, but it is a very intriguing card for the for other than just straight out move decks like i understand why move decks play this it's it, that's a duh no-brainer but i think this is a card that you know you can very easily squeeze in and manipulate with with in other ways uh especially against certain locations and things like that but um i don't know this was just another one that i wanted to point out that you know you can get you know you can kind of basically play this play your jubilee get the character you want from jubilee on here and then move it um to another location to gain the power you know there is worlds where you want to do the same thing with storm maybe you want to flood a location uh that's you don't like the location but you don't think you can win it you know like that's a good option You're like all right well i'll play this i'll play my storm here get rid of that location and then it'll get moved in i'll give up that location but at least i'm not losing the power that i spent on there either um which is another you know fringe thing that you want to consider and think about but nonetheless um that's going to be it today for the control aspects. Uh, I just went through a bunch of stuff. I'm sure I missed things. There, Once again, there are a ton, and I do mean a ton. Uh, you know, the hood was something, you know, that's not really, no, I wouldn't say the hood, sorry. Uh, there's a ton of cards that in pool three I just, I don't have access to yet, right? Like, if I just remove this, um, you know, obviously I just stepped into pool three. All these cards, I don't even have them yet. I can't fully break them down or I don't really want to fully break down the cards that I haven't personally experienced with yet. This is definitely more towards the, hey, I completed pool one, completed pool two, I played however many games, uh, and this is my interactions and learnings from those. As I get into pool three and start seeing more cards and start developing more decks, I'll definitely do those things. Um, what, I, what I will say is unlike how I felt about pool two, where you can very easily piece pull two cards into existing pull one decks. I don't think that's as simple and easy for pull three. Uh, some of these cards are absolutely game warping and deck altering cards that, you know, 
it, you require so many of them to make it all work and make it all flow that it's going to be really difficult for, I think, pull two into pull three and those collection levels in the ladder grind are going to be really tough. Um, you know, I think it's going to be really based on who gets what early and you might lose a lot of games to cards that you just never saw before because pool three has the, the largest card pool also. So it's it's a gigantic card pool. It's brand new things you're going to be seeing. So as a control player, I think it's going to be difficult playing in that in that in that ladder. Uh, I had a you know I had a run yesterday where I got all the way up to 68, and I literally lost all the way back down to 63. Uh, where I just started, I got it. I got out of pool two. I was getting into pool three, and then I just I lost literally I think three eight cubes in a row to a turn six play of a card I just didn't I didn't expect or didn't think my opponent would have had. Um, so it, it just I for me it's I think I'm gonna have to get away from the control deck, go back to more of a like a an an, an aggro mid range deck just so I can play my deck, know what my deck does, and not have to assume what my opponent's gonna do later on. But that's just me. Um, you know, obviously there's a ton of cards in pool three that I'm excited for in control decks, but I don't have any of them yet. I don't have any play experience with them. I don't want to speak to them too much. Um, so yeah, but that's going to be it for today's video. If you're new to the channel, hey, please, you know, follow. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, like, comment, subscribe to the video. Comment if there's any type of content that you want to see. You know, I plan on doing a bunch of different things. Um, this was one of them. I kind of want to go in and do a more specific <clears throat> videos for decks, you know, that include uh, like things with disruptions or accelerators and things like that. Um, we're planning potentially to do a podcast tomorrow uh, about Snap, about like the you know the actual Snap in the game and all the things that come with that. Uh, so lots of plans moving forward with the game. Uh, obviously, getting into pool three, I'll start breaking down some of those decks as I get in. But I have a lot of plans. Uh, I announced yesterday on the channel update, if you didn't see it yet uh, on the YouTube, that you know we are going to start covering this game. We're going to have a website. We have alphatrianprotocols.com, which is a website which is focused on Transformers. I really need to drink something, guys. Hold on a second. Sorry. <clears throat> I don't know what happened there. Um, so the, the website is going to be added on now. We're going to have an exclusive Marvel Snap section on the website. Uh, Alpha Triumph Protocols has a Discord. We are going to be revamping the Discord. That's probably going to get done uh, today as of recording to where, you know, we're going to have, instead of just having one thing for Marvel Snap, we're going to have a Marvel Snap section and then, you know, deck discussion, general discussion for Marvel in general, um, you know, and then theory, content, all those things. So I'm going to be separating the current discord for the alpha triumph protocols now and separating it so there will be an exclusive spot to come in as new uh if you know if you're new to the channel and you want to get into a community that enjoys marvel snap you know this community is already kind of taken to the game you know we've been playing transformers for years this game kind of just came out we already have i think if i already counted of the other people there's already like 10 to 15 people in the discord that are playing marvel snap so um, it's exciting time for our Discord. It's a it's a new game to explore and things like that. But I'm excited for it. So, as always, uh, thanks for watching today, guys, and we will catch you in the next one. See ya.